one o'clock and time for the services from the Calvary Baptist Church of Gainesville. Now, Pastor Raymond Laddie. I want you to turn with me today to Genesis chapter 19. We're going to look at something that's pretty familiar, but archaeological research and discovery has shed new light on this. And I think it's very pertinent for the day that we live in that Christ warned us about. But I don't know if you know it or not, but this coming weekend in Gainesville, at the Civic Center, and I'm not trying not to publicize it. I just want to let you know what's going on. There's at the Civic Center in Gainesville. There's a drag show for two nights this coming this coming uh, weekend. Second annual. I didn't know that. First, I'd known of it. And uh, if you, most of you know what that is. So uh, the headliner there, uh, and, and I'll say this, probably shouldn't, is a man who identifies as a woman at times or whatever and his name he's got a uh his man name is is pretty common but his drag name is mona lot so i'll leave it at that and let you think about how disgusting that is but that's going on at the civic center this week you know i grew up in the queen city but i never thought it would become the queen city but that's what's going on uh so i want to talk a little bit about uh, that and talk a little bit about Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, uh, you know, me and Tammy were talking about that, and I said, well, you know, is there anything we can do? Can we, you know, approach the authorities and, and you know, express our disgust? And she said, yeah, but it'd probably cause us more trouble than it's worth. And she's probably right about that, but that's one of the reasons we're having these things now is we've not... We've not spoke out and stood up against it. I have no hate in my heart. Let me say that. I have no hate in my heart. I, I consider these people victims. I consider them victims of broken families. I consider them victims of, of Satan's deception. I consider them vic victims of a weak church many times. Uh, they are savable. They are valuable. They are people who are sin. Just as I said, I stand before you as sinner saved by grace. Uh, they're in need of salvation. They're in need of deliverance from those things. Amen. Some things are different that we, that, you know, we've been delivered from things. Amen? We've been for, delivered from addictions and confusions and, and uh, things in our own life. But within that, we cannot blur the lines of what's right and wrong. You know, to society, tolerance is virtue. According to God's word and to God's law, it's vice. Okay? And that should be pointed out too. Um, we love the people, but we do not tolerate the sin. Uh, so anyway, we're going to look at Sodom and Gomorrah and what happened there. Some archaeological evidence has revealed some interesting things. And then I want to tell you where I think we're at as a society because Jesus said, you know, I will return when, when things are like they were when Noah was alive. I will return when you see the days of Lot. And we're living in the days of of Lot. We're living in the days of Lot where every bad thing is good and every good thing is bad. You, you, there's a deadness and a blindness among people now that's very scary to me. A deadness and a blindness to these things. It's laughable to most people, you know, that we would meet here and talk about these things. But we have the answer. We, we know that Jesus is the answer to all these ills, that sin can be forgiven. Where sin and, and, and evil is very thick, Grace and mercy is even thicker there and available. But we have to point it out as sin. It's not 
It, 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 it's not, it, it, mainly today, so many times I think we need to address too that among kids who don't have a solid, or young people who do not have a solid upbringing, it's a fad to them. It's the cool thing to do, but that's how the devil operates. Uh, it's, a, it's, the, it's a fad. It's, it's cool to say, you know, I'm this one day and I'm that the next day. And, but it's just, uh, it's just really sad, and I, I, I feel for these people. I, I want them to know the same Savior that I know, and, and it's forgiven me of my sins. So we're going to look at the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, this was a group of cities uh, in about 1650 B.C., before Christ. They don't want you saying that anymore. Uh, A.D. or B.C. because it denotes that Christ died and and uh, but was born and died. They don't like that. So, about 1650 B.C., about 3,600 years ago, which in the scheme of time isn't that far back, uh, there was a group of city states, if you will, in the Jordan Valley, right next to the Dead Sea. They, at the time, during the Bronze Age, as mankind marched forward and God revealed Himself and man became more organized and, uh, you know, complex. These city-states arose. It happened all over, all over the world, some greater than others. But Sodom and Gomorrah at this point and a couple of other city-states but were even greater than Jerusalem and the, the, the more modern, well-known cities that we have today. They were bigger and even more well-known. Well, the people, as we see people do time and time and time again, would rebel against God. They would rebel against God and they would stand up against God. You see, this is the very territory, the very country, the very soil and water that Jesus would come as a baby boy. This is the very area. So there are spiritual battles going on even in this day to push God out. There are spiritual battles even in this day to try to do Satan to do, try all he could do to limit Jesus' impact or even stop Jesus from being born or ultimately to stop him from going to the cross. This existed since the rebellion in heaven when, uh, you know, Satan, Lucifer was thrown out and a third of the angels were cast out of heaven. Well, they went right to work. They went right to work and deceiving and destroying and, uh, you know, uh, stalking about like a wildcat in the night, seeking what they can devour namely the name of Christ and those who would be identified with the name of Christ. See, they went right to work. So all the way back, Satan's been at work and has been after the good of God and the things of God and the law of God and the nature of God. And that's what we see today. That's what we see going on. I can't stress that enough. All of these things, whether they be political, socioeconomic, uh, you know, geopolitical, with the wars and the rumors of wars that we're seeing, they are all good versus evil, and at the ultimate level, at the highest level, God versus Satan, to see who wins and wins for all. We know that it's already been won. It just has to fulfill itself to the very end when all things are made new. God is right on time, right on schedule, making all things new. And that's a wonderful thing and an encouragement uh, for us today. So Sodom and Gomorrah, great cities, great, probably great places of learning. We don't know much about them because they were so ancient, but there were people there. They were humans. They, they uh, you know, had freedom. They did what they wanted to do, but it, they became more and more wicked 
And I don't think it was something that happened overnight. I think it's been like America has been. It's been decades long. It's been little erosions here, little erosions there, one big, one big, big crumbling of something good and godly there. And the next thing you know, you wake up one morning and go, my goodness, we've come, we've rolled down the cliff a little bit here. We're, we're, right, we're rolling off the cliff as we speak. And that's why you're seeing the things going on around us that you're seeing. Uh, Satan is, is doing his work, but God is countering that work as well. And we're here as a church to be representatives of God, witnesses of Jesus, to counter that work too. I would remind you of that. The church is here to be in battle. We don't fight our battles with, with uh, you know, guns and swords. We do it with prayer and power from heaven that equips us, adds Christ to us through the Holy Spirit so that we can represent him. That hopefully the world, Gainesville, can see something a little bit different about the people who go to Calvary Baptist Church. Not that they're Baptist, not that they're traditional, but they are in Jesus. That's the main thing, that they are Christ-like, that they, although they're imperfect, you see fruit in their lives. In the land, we're seeing the fruit of evil. In Christian's life, we need to be seeing the fruit of the Holy Spirit and of God's working. But getting back to Sodom and Gomorrah, there was a man that we know there named Lot, right? Everybody remember the name of Lot? And it says in verse 19, chapter 19, verse 1, excuse me, and there came two angels that to Sodom in the evening. Sodom had become, the best way I can picture it is Mardi Gras, you know, in New Orleans where everybody's, you know, doing every, any terrible thing you can think of, it's going on. Uh, they're having they're having drag shows and they're doing all these terrible things. They are that's all they do here anymore. So the righteous, if there were any, are being whittled down to almost nothing, which is what's happening in our nation today. The true righteous have been whittled down. There's been a purification because it's not going to be easy to do what God would have us to do. It is not going to be easy to be faithful. Uh, you know, preaching this sermon today in certain places in the nation, doing it online, doing it on Facebook, is, 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 can be a dangerous thing. Okay, we need to realize that. But God's word must go forth. It's greater than I am. It's greater than my life is. He is my life, although I don't allow him into every part of it like I should. That's the world that we live in today. Nonetheless, it's black or white. Not, the, the gray area is going away. You're either, you're either right there or you're not. And I, I've got a little gray area in my life I'm working on. Don't get me wrong, okay? But we've got to stay with God. We've got to trust him. We've got to walk the, the, the full, travel the full journey with him. So that's what happened in Sodom. God has heard a cry, and, and he knows every sin, every bad decision, every terrible thing that's going on in, in Sodom and Gomorrah and you see God's patience here. And I think that's where we're at, is God saying, okay, if you can find 50, I'll refrain. Lot's interceding and saying, hey, God, you know, I know you're going to destroy the city here, but if I can find 50, will you refrain? God says, okay. Lot went in, couldn't find 50. And it went all the way down, and we'll see that here in just a minute. But 
that, that the two angels, supernatural things going on, supernatural protection for Lot and his family. We'll see here. There's supernatural protection available for us today. If we're living in the days of Noah and the days of Lot, there's supernatural protection in angels. There's supernatural protection in God's hand and God's mercy and God's spirit through the Holy Spirit. Lot bowed himself down to two angels here. And he said, Behold, my lords, come and stay with me, I pray you. Tarry all night, wash your feet, and you shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, No, but we will abide in the street all night. They're there to do battle in Sodom and Gomorrah. That's what's happening in Gainesville and other places. You might even call uh, Atlanta and Gainesville now and many cities in, in the land uh, little Sodoms. Little Sodoms. I mean, that's where we're at now. I don't say that in hate. I say it in disgust that we're to this point because uh, my kids are got to be exposed to it. I've got to work overtime to try to let them know to, to uh, you know, uh, know what's going on, know what's right and wrong, but yet in some ways love. Love is love. Love is love if it's a God-ordained and God-defined love, Okay. Don't let Satan deceive and manipulate and distort what love is. Love is not, if you truly love me, you'll accept me for who and what I am. It don't work that way in the kingdom of heaven. It don't work that way. Love is God even fathoming and making it possible at the greatest cost to him in heaven to send a Savior that by no act of ourself other than faith he would do the work, and if we will accept it, he will covenant with us, make a deal and a promise to take us to heaven through our faith in the risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the way it works. You know, we live in a society now where people say, well, that's not fair. That's uh, oppressive. That's, uh, you know, that's intolerant. Don't make a hill of beans when you're standing before the creator of all things, and he is righteousness, perfection, you're not going to change that by that argument. The only way he's going to accept you and welcome you and love you is if you've accepted and welcomed and loved his son, Jesus Christ. We, society and the world and Satan's trying to change that. It's never going to change. It's a wonderful thing because we don't deserve any of it. We don't deserve any of it as sinners. Now, I'm going to skip around a little bit in this scripture because it's a lot. Verse 4, the men of Sodom knew that these, these angels, these men had come into the city, but before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house around, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into your house this night? Bring them out so that we may know them. And you can probably read between the lines and know what they're seeking. It was just one big old, I got to be careful the words I use, going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. It's all it was. It's all it was going on there. God is saying, I've got to judge this place. I've got to express my righteous anger. But yet we see the loving, patient character of God that he would negotiate with men, that he would, uh, you know, say, well, if you can find this many, and we'll get back to that in just a minute. 
Uh, Lot, by the way, was no Jim. He was a righteous man, but Lot was a very worldly man. That should be pointed out, some of the things he was involved in later on. But you see, grace through faith. Grace through faith. Grace through faith. That's the key in Jesus, uh, in God here, back during the Old Covenant. Um, here's how Lot was thinking. They're coming, trying to beat his walls down, beat his house down. He says, wait a minute. He was worried about a riot. He was worried about violence, which other sins that were going on in Sodom and Gomorrah were pride. Pride, okay? Other sins that were going on in Sodom and Gomorrah were they hated each other. There was violence. Like we've seen this week at the University of Georgia, there was violence in, in 100,000 other places this week. There was uh, a, a, a basically a thumbing of their nose toward God. There was... Among neighbors, and you see this today, hatred, animosity, uh, distrust. That's the world that we live in today. If you've got a neighbor that you know and love and you can trust and helps you and help, helps, uh, you know, you help each other, brothers and sisters in Christ, even if they, they're not even believers, you're, that's a blessing right there. Amen? Amen. So, moving on, Lot said, I tell you what, if y'all will... Calm down. Back off of the house a little bit. I'll give you my $2. They've not seen any man. Okay? So it goes to show you how even in the, in, in the life of a man like Lot, the world had seeped in, if you could say that. And there's maybe some things there that I don't understand. Uh, and they said, stand back. And they said again, this one fellow came in, and he, will, he needs to be a judge we will, we will deal with him. They're saying, how dare you come in to judge us? How dare you come in here to point these things out? Um, the, the angels in verse 10, as they were trying to break into the house, the crowd was getting wilder and wilder. Wilder, The angels smote them with blindness to stop them. You see the, you see the battle going on there? They smote these men with blindness because they're representatives of God. God is working on behalf of Lot here because Lot is righteous. What makes him righteous is not that he's perfect. It's not that he's a leader in the city. It's not that any other thing other than his faith. That's what makes him righteous here. He has faith, although he was weak in that faith many times. And the men said unto Lot in verse 12, Hast is there any besides, son-in-law, thy sons, thy daughters, and whatever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place, the angels are saying, because we are about to destroy this place. Because the cry of them is great before the face of God, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Okay? And Lot went out and spoke unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Let's get out of here. It's time to move, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons the law. Now, if we go back to chapter 18, we'll see. Uh, let's go back to verse 20 of chapter 18. And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is so bad, I will go down and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is coming to me. And if not, I will know. 
And the men turned their faces and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord, and Abraham drew near and said, Will thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Because he knew Lot and his family and potentially others were there. This is kind of the backstory to this. Um, Peradventure in verse 24, if there's 50 righteous within the city, let's say 50 safe, we'll say that here, within the city, will you also destroy and not spare the place for the 50 righteous that are there? Verse 25, that be far from thee to do after this manner to slay the righteous with the wicked and that the righteous should be as the wicked that that would be far from you. That shouldn't, that would not be like you, Lord, is what he's saying. Shall not the judge of all the earth do the right thing? And the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 saved people in that city, I will spare the whole place for their sakes. The whole place. There were tens of thousands probably of people there, at the very least thousands of people. I will spare the place for their sakes. I was thinking about that yesterday after reading that headline about what's going on in Gainesville and why the Lord hasn't already absolutely acted in a very big way. And he's already acted some. It's because of that right there. I believe. He is being patient and he is looking out for the righteous. I believe that's what's happening. I, I really believe that. He's looking and going, if I destroy that whole nation completely, which he can do, I have so many righteous there and they're trying. They're faithful. They're doing the work. I believe that. I believe that's where we're at on the timeline here, okay? Moving on down, and there's a lot of scripture to cover here. You go back and read this. I want you to get the bigger, the bigger picture of this. Uh, Abraham answered and said, Behold, I have taken upon me to speak to the Lord. I am but dust and ashes. Peradventure there shall lack five of the fifty righteous. Will you will destroy all the city for a lack of five? And he said, I find, If I find there forty-five, I will not destroy it. There's a negotiation going on here. There is God showing long-suffering mercy and grace. And it went all the way down to 30, and then it went down to uh, 20, and then it went down to uh, 10. Then it went down, the negotiations went down to uh, on down. And things had gotten that bad to the world. The Lord said, I'm going to deliver my righteous out, and I'm going to destroy the city. I believe we're on that, somewhere on that timeline. I believe we're, we're seeing a whittling away of the righteous. We're seeing the closing of churches. We're seeing those things going on. But for the sake of those who hadn't heard the gospel yet, for the sake of the little babies and the kids, for the sake of, and I don't understand exactly how God does everything. Don't get me wrong. He is withholding the mass part, the biggest part of his judgment, because we're, we're there. There's really no other thing that can be holding us back. Now, you take all the Christians out of here by rapture tomorrow, think about where this place goes momentary. I mean, for it just goes down very quickly. It's the Christian people that are making the difference right now because of their trust in God and the power that he is bestowing 
upon them. I believe that we're in that transition time because God's got to act and he's got to judge sin. And he's, he's, he's uh, the severity of the things that we're seeing is increasing. You know, with COVID, judgment. With economic problems, judgment. With wars, judgment. With leadership that don't know what day it is, judgment. On and on and on. God is in full control. A little bit about Sodom and Gomorrah, going back to that. It was destroyed, and the scriptures say down, all the way down at the bottom of uh, chapter 19. Uh, let's see, let's go down to... Uh, 24, then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. Then a lot of wonder what that was. And he says he overthrew these cities. Whatever happened was enough to destroy at least Sodom and Gomorrah, but probably some cities around it too. All the inhabitants of the cities were destroyed and that which grew upon the ground. It could, it could not even grow crops anymore. Archaeological dig that's been going on for a while where they think Sodom and Gomorrah is, most likely Sodom. They went in there and started digging, and they can tell the ages as they pass by, you know, the different types of pottery and weaponry and all this kind of stuff. They get down to the point that's about 1650 B.C., and they begin to say, see things that were absolutely unnatural as they excavated downward through the layers of the earth. One of the things that they saw was the pottery, the earthen pottery that's been used by mankind since the beginning of time was turned to glass. That, what, that didn't happen before. It, it hadn't happened since. The pottery was turned to glass. It had a glass-like glaze on the outside. The only thing that can cause that, and you can go read this article for yourself, is extreme heat, 2,000-plus degrees. They began to look around. They began to find bones and disarticulated skeletons all over the city. An indication of massive, massive pressure created by an explosion. Okay? They began to look at quartz, quartz crystals. And any of you ever dealt with any quartz, you know how hard that stuff is. It's terrible. Beautiful, but terrible. It had absolutely been blown to bits. The hardest mineral that there is. They found evidences of, bur uh, of burnt, uh, you know, buildings, of burnt vegetation. They began to look at all this, and they said, what could have caused this? Well, there's no crater. There's no blast area, you know. They said that whatever happened here was 1,000 times the power of Hiroshima back in 1945 in Nagasaki that ended World War II. 1,000 times that power. They can figure all this stuff out. They believe that based on the minerals they found and what went on was that a big meteor entered the atmosphere. Small meteors, shooting stars burn up. There are, you know, little, little pellets and stuff will get through. People find meteorites. This one they said was probably about 200 feet by 200 feet. That's a massive object traveling at that speed. Entered the atmosphere. As it entered the atmosphere... All the, 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 the physical, chemical reactions or whatever, that great amount of force, it detonated above the Jordan Valley around the Dead Sea. When it detonated, the blast was so great that it caused all the things that we've just talked about. 
It blew salt up out of the Dead Sea and deposited it all over those city-states to where nothing would grow. If you have really salty water and, you know, or mainly uh, dirt and soil, nothing's going to grow there. Points us right back to the scriptures. They said it was a massive, massive explosion. They know this can happen because in 1908 in Siberia, in a place called Tunsiuska, there the same thing happened. It obliterated 800 square miles of remote Siberian forest, made the trees go into kindling and kill three people. Miraculously, it's a very uninhabited place. They call it a cosmic downburst. What happens is that thing explodes and unbelievable heat descends from the heavens. Burning rock. What's not killed, uh, you know, in the outright explosion will burn. Right down the middle of what we read about Sodom and Gomorrah. People there that survived around the edges moved out. They call it the Bronze Age Gap because they said nobody could live or farm there for a long time. Time. People say, well, yeah, you, you, you Bible people, you know, you claim that and look at that. A lot of it doesn't add up. To me, it adds up. And especially when they were leaving, God had delivered them. He said, go to Zor, go to this city, and I'll spare you there. It's a city of refuge, if you will. And Lot's wife, who was just in the world a little too much, and that sin and all the other things going on, Kind of like we can be, she turned around and looked back, it says in the Bible, and she was turned to a pillar of salt. Maybe she decided she wasn't going to leave. Maybe she was running back as the Dead Sea was lofted up and came back down with all that heavy salt content, and she became a pillar of salt. Thank you so much for listening to the services from Calvary Baptist Church. To hear more of this sermon or other past services, please visit our website, calvarybcgainesville.org. 97.5 Glory FM, your family radio station in North Georgia. Welcome to 